All right, what's good, everybody? Welcome to episode three, Duff Radio. This is my guest for today. Go ahead and introduce yourself. It's your boy, Ailes810. Shout out Fly City, shout out Kel, KC, Ho Midwest. What's going down? This is the guy who's been kind enough to let us use this space, this podcast studio for everything we're trying to do right here. Yeah, this, this whole thing has really been a family environment from the start. I appreciate you letting us do this whole thing. All the support, all the help. You know, I really you know I fuck with you and bro the hard way, man. I love what y'all doing for the culture and y'all always been y'all been putting in work too, so it's it's only right that I come over here and you know what I'm saying, make it right and I'm I'm gonna be a part of anything you got, man, so just let me know. Yeah, I feel like we've had a good relationship so far because we're on the same page about Kind of the Kansas City music scene, where we want it to go, the potential we see for it. What do you think about that? Hell yeah, bro. You're right. I definitely, I, I think you look at it the same way I look at it, that we can take it way, way higher than what it is. And we just need like some, uh, you know, a couple of people to be paid a little extra attention to. And, you know, really the city need to all come in together to really push up certain people and really move at a really, really organized hierarchy. So the, the, average, the average fan can determine who should they should follow and who should they respect and what artists they should really tap into. And I think when that all start to mesh together, then it'll be better for the Kansas City artists, though. But, yeah, it's all on you, though. You can you control your, your destiny in this shit. Yeah, we were talking on the last episode how, you know, Houston kind of has its own sound, L.A., rap, New York. Everything kind of has these sounds that you recognize it by. Kansas City, not so much. Why is that? I don't know. It does. It's kind of got a sound. Like if you say the phone graph, if you really go with like the Kansas City phone graph stuff and really with the phone graph is like probably Kansas City. Uh, it's like Kansas City's drill rap. And it's really just a more aggressive rap, you know, mostly like, you know, it's kind of like 21 Savage shit, like assassination rap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm going to pull up on you, pop you and shit. They got their own genre as far as that. But it was still like a real big Cali influence with that. So I think it's still, it's just now gaining its own little picture right now with cats like a uh, young cat in MB58. And, you know, that's kind of like still doing the KC stuff, but then they changing it a little bit, you know? So, yeah, it's just it is what it is, but I fuck with it. Yeah, when I first moved here, I thought everybody that was rapping from Kansas City kind of sounded like they were from Detroit a little bit. <laughs> you're, you're from Michigan. Yeah. I'm actually from Flint, Michigan. Actually, stayed in Detroit. You know what I'm saying? Born and raised, dirty glove, man. It's crazy that yeah, it's just the, the, the Detroit flow blew the fuck up in the last like two, three years. You know, it's crazy, bro. I feel like uh, after T Grizzly, it was like we had Bezo. You know what I'm saying? You had like uh, Babyface Ray, you had a couple of people that was really killing it in the D that was a part of that new generation. Like even Dope Boy Cash Out, they probably they probably looking at it as like OG now, but they was like the first, first really to come out. And then it started this whole uh, surge with like Dusty McFly and then everybody else started coming. But then once really when T Grizzly came and he got the 300 deal, it literally took it up, and then Bezo got his deal, and then it just started trickling, and then all the Flint guys, shout out to Flint City, it's a lot of shit going on in my hometown. You got Rio the Young OG, Louis Ray, YNJ, you got RNC Mike, <laughs> Crispy Life Kid, you know what I'm saying? My city just kind of like put on like five artists in one year, which is crazy. Michigan is lit as fuck right now. Yeah, you have some of them on the album coming up, yeah? Oh, shit. Nah, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We ain't gonna, we ain't gonna say nothing. <laughs> we can't, talk, we about can't, we can't talk about that album yet, but 
Yeah, I'm, but I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna drop some projects before though. I'm probably gonna drop like one or two projects, and I'm gonna drop a Detroit mixtape too, which is all Detroit beats, me killing Detroit oh, beats yeah. and shit. And so you know, I'm gonna have little surprises on that. We ain't gonna tell nobody what's going on, but for sure, for sure, I'm tapped in. How did you get to Kansas City from Michigan? Well, really, uh, I had went to. Uh, I was trying to go to. Uh, well, really, I had stayed in Chicago. First, it all started off. I was doing this play called uh, fucking Pirates in Flint, Michigan, and then I ended up getting a little money to where I could move. I tried to take that money that I got paid to be in this uh, play production. I took that money and I went and stayed in Chicago. And I went and stayed in Chicago, but I kind of went broke in Chicago. And my father had uh, moved down here because he used to work for Southwestern Bell. And he moved down here because he used to stay in Oklahoma after he left Michigan. Then he got transferred to Kansas City when AT&T bought Southwestern Bell. And then he got transferred. So then I went broke in Chicago. And I was like, fuck, I need a new city to go to. And I came to Kansas, Kansas City. City. it was? Yeah. You're talking, what were you doing in play production? Oh, man, acting, sword fighting and everything. I was a paid actor before I was a rapper. No paid way. actor, yeah, coming out the gates, like probably 14 years old. Damn. Like, you're getting like 9,500 a uh, play, putting that bitch on, performing it like 19, 24 times. Are you ever going to go back to acting? Uh, I sure? need to, I need to. I just didn't, uh, I'm, I'm more of the, I liked it to acting, but I think the whole thing that took me was uh, really doing the directing part, really creating my own, own, kind of basis like what Tyler Perry and like Ice Cube and what those guys are doing and like I used to look up to Spike Lee a lot when I was younger so just because what he was doing so really as I got I didn't like trying out bro I'm not you know what I'm saying trying out shit and getting a hundred that's what threw me off on acting it was like I tried it for a minute but then I went through so many tryouts and got like a no and then I did modeling for a little bit and that worked. And I did not like controlling my own destiny. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. I felt like hip hop, I always been, I was I was always hip hop crazy when I was doing that. So it really didn't matter. So hip hop is what it was. I control my own destiny, direct my own videos, all that shit. When did you start rapping? Like what age? Probably like, I don't know. I had started rapping like for real in like the ninth to 10th grade one time. And then we stopped. And then probably like after I uh, my first stint in college, that's probably like when I really got serious. I bought some equipment and shit, and I was probably about like nineteen. So shit, a minute ago, yeah. Where were you at in college? At uh, Wayne State University. I went to Wayne State University when that's where I was at when I started uh, rapping. Where's Wayne State? I'm Downtown Detroit, in the middle oh, of the okay. fucking jungle on Woodward. Tell them, anybody know? Hey, we used to come outside at Wayne State, dog, and all the dope boys used to be parked right in front of the school trying to take all the bitches. They'd be out there with their money out, cars on 24. Nigga, man, that shit used to be... We, and heart of the east side. Ask anybody about Wayne State. Wayne State is in the middle of the heroin trap. You walk two streets down, you see 160 bums begging for change. That's fucking crazy, Yeah. Dude. How long did you stay there? Shit, I went there for two years. And then what? And then I end up uh, leaving and coming to Kansas City. And then my cousin, this girl that went to school with my cousin, ended up telling me about the Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences, about audio. Because I had went to school and I just went to school. I did indisciplinary in studies. And what the indisciplinary studies program is like when you just go to school for your course shit. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So I really went to college, but I never went to a major thing. I tried to major in theater, but I had to knock out my course stuff first. So I knocked that out. And then just left Wayne State. And then 
Where we at? And then, yeah, I ended up coming to Kansas City, and then we went to go visit my cousin one day, and she told me about her friend that had uh, went to the Conservatory Recording Arts and Sciences, and she said her first intern was fucking at Stank On Your Records, where she had to work on the speaker box in the little below. So I was like, uh-oh, guess what I need to go do? I need to go do Yeah, that's school. wild. Yeah, that's wild. Her first intern, she got a Grammy, so I was like, what? Yeah, that's crazy. How do you have an idea like this studio and make it come to fruition? Really, man, it's uh, a lot of hard work. I know some people just see it and think you see the shit's up and things are just rolling and you know what I'm saying? But it, it, it took a, it took it took years and years and years of cultivating to know all of this. You know, before this, I was running the most popular studio in Kansas City. Oh, yeah. Before I even came over here and did my own thing, and you know, I don't really want to get too much in what happened mm-hmm. between all that, but you know, it's hard work, man. Hard work, dedication, and really being somebody that uh, that speaks up on their word. I know a lot of people want to aspire to do stuff, but are yeah. you actually gonna put the ones and twos in front of it and not make yourself cap and really make shit come to happen? Yeah, just in the short time that I've known you, which I think we met mm-hmm. over the summer, maybe. Mm-hmm. You are one of the hungriest entrepreneurs that I've seen. And you're young, too. That's just crazy. Thank you, bro. I know this shit is crazy. I don't... It, last year was crazy, bro. Like, I uh, I got my own studio. I bought my first house. And I got my record label within a three-month time span. Damn. Well, yeah, you know, and my, and my publishing contract. That's when I met you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so literally, like I can tell you, man, God can change stuff in a day, bro. Literally, you just stay down, keep focused, and... You know what I'm saying? It could change in the day. I'm I'm living testimony of that. Do you have advice for young people who want to do something like this? You know, make a name for themselves, build their own brand. Mm-hmm. You really gotta. It's first is yeah. You gotta work hard. Definitely work hard, and really attaching yourself to uh, something higher than yourself to where you can get some accolades off that. Like at first. Like, nobody didn't give a fuck about me when I left school, you know? But when I was telling people I went to the best audio engineering school in America, it was a different kind of conversation, you right. know what I'm saying? That so awesome. then after that, I used that. I used that to get myself in the door. Yeah. And then I used to do a lot of free shit for a for lot sure. of people. Like, people don't know, like, six, seven years ago, like, when I first got out of college, I was fucking mixing and mastering people's stuff for free just to even get my stuff out there. And then I became the guy that you went to to come. Yeah. So I was like making like $700 a, a week out my house with two studios in my house, guy. Anybody tell you on 66 and for sale, bro, we said that boy cranking. Mm-hmm. I had a studio in my room and a studio in the what's the name. And I was getting in living like drug dealer money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Did you have, was this the goal? Throughout that whole process to own your own studio? Uh, yeah, but shit, man. I was trying to make some money. I was broke as hell. I'm straight from the bottom, you know? So uh, I, I knew I wanted my own studio, but to tell you the truth, bro, I think sometimes God take you through a journey so you can be able to gain that confidence. But I didn't even know I had the confidence to even do all this shit. You know what I'm saying? But now I do. But, you know, you would have told me that three, four years ago. I'd have been like, what the fuck? And even the hard times, even the failures, the way that I look at that shit is there's no such thing as failure because in each peak or low point, there's something to be learned from it. Uh, An experience, a skill, a mentality, an attitude that you can take with you when you move on to the next thing. Thank you, bro. For real. And that's what it really is about, bro. Learning in each step. And 
just adding to it, you know, and like just being truthful with yourself, you know. Yeah. We should talk about this Pro Tools class that you're teaching because that is one of the best ideas that I've heard in a really hey. long time. Explain what this whole thing is and so, why people should take it. Okay, so with the introduction to uh, recording in Pro Tools courses is where uh, I have students come in and they pay 450 for a month-long course which has 12 sessions. And within that 12 sessions, I really give you the basics of the audio engineering to where I teach you uh, signal flow, and I really teach you recording, really the core basics of recording, and I teach you how to also, uh, the basics of Pro Tools. So then you you learn the science of recording and get all this terminology, get the signal flow, really know how to operate in a professional manner, and then I teach them Pro Tools, and then after that we do like some sessions and we like learn, and I even give people the tools on building a client base. Like if you do want to turn this into a job, I could tell you what I did. I kind of like, you know, monetize it to where I kind of give people a game on how to turn this into that. Because, um, you know, before I had this, I had, uh, when I was working at the other studio I was working at, it was only, I was the only engineer there until I convinced the owner to let me start training people. And I wrote the training process and the training process did so good at the other studio. And I made so much money off the training process over there. I was like, I need to figure out the way to keep this going. And right. so people are begging me for this. It's not like I came up with this product like out of necessity for my need or anything. It was literally people telling me like, will you teach me? Will you teach me? Will you teach me? I was like, I seen you, you built this, bro. I'm watching you. You trained all these guys. These guys, I, when I ask these guys who trained me, they say L. So I figured out how to monetize and turn it into a product and a product that really, really strengthens the community and really, really adds growth to people. And I love it, man. I think you're ahead of your time with that idea. Oh, thank you, bro. Because that. there's not that many people out there. You know, there's a lot on YouTube as far as, mm -hmm. you know, how to mix, how to master, how to record yourself. But nobody's really giving that hands-on experience from a real audio engineer where you're going to be with the equipment, you're going to be getting all the terminology. I think that's an awesome idea, and it's something that I think you're going to see a lot in the future going Thank forward you. once people start to catch on to, mm -hmm. to the fact that there's a business there and that there's money to be had there. Exactly, because I feel like the education part of it, once you learn the basis of the audio engineering and recording, my people leave here way more, because what I had to figure out is like, look, I know I run a studio and I run a studio, and what I know is that people... It's, it's, it's going to be a point to where you need to be self-operated. You know what I'm saying? For you to make the most money in this game, you're going to need to come up with something that your, your, your content is going to have to be self-controlled. You don't need it. Unless, yeah. unless you keep putting people in the middle of you creating your content, it's going to slow you up to getting what you do. So if I teach you at least how to record the basics, you can bring the masters to me because, you know, I really don't teach people how to master. That would take a whole nother class. Yeah. So it's like if I teach you the basics of how to record and arm yourself, you know what I'm saying, to be able to record your own music, know the real process, and then, you know, even if you want to take it to somebody else, master, or have me master it, you're, you're more in control of your career by learning how to work your paintbrush. And it's not like, I'm I'm not teaching nobody weird shit, though. You feel me? It's like, yeah. if, if you know, if I was making all these pictures and I told you I never painted the fucking picture, you would look at me like a psycho, right? Mm -hmm. But in music, that's normal. People like they make all this music and half of them didn't record it, half of them didn't mix it, and they wondering why it don't sound like them. Mm -hmm. Booyah. So if you, and I, I applaud anybody, because I'm going to just tell you, anybody that's in this business and been in this business longer than 10 years, 
damn near can record themselves. Like I had to do, I know a guy, I, I've talked to some people that have worked with Future in the studio and he's literally like, literally bro, I'd be coming in there just to fly hooks for this guy. And literally like, <laughs> he, he gets paid to record Future, but he never does nothing but mix and yeah. master the record because Future damn near hot, he records himself. He's in the studio with his kids, and you know what I'm saying? I heard that schoolboy Q said that, too. He's like, dude, I'm in there by myself. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so and learn how to work your tools, man. And learning how to record yourself, you know, you can do it from the kitchen of your house. You can do it when you're on vacation, anywhere. Exactly, mundo, man. And then that's how you actually going to grow. Once you hear yourself more on the mic and your vocal response and how your voice sitting and where your shit's sitting at and your speed that you're comfortable with, that's when the music going to start sounding better. What do you think about independent artists? Is that a route that you should go or? It's the only route you're going to go. I think it's going to be the only route available right now because if, if you think about it, 90% of us, let's see how, let's say 10 years ago, right? 98% of the music that was consumed was consumed by people that were on the record, major labels, right? Mm -hmm. Nowadays, it's only three or four record major labels, right? Yeah. When it used to be 16. So now when you go with these four record labels and then half the people, the people that are on record, major record labels, you really don't listen to them like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. You listen to in, more independent artists way more than we listen to major records, major artists now or majors. Yeah, it feels like in the past people used record labels to get their stuff out. Mm -hmm. But I mean, in the game today, there's so many ways to get your stuff out there on your own. It feels like that might be a dying industry. Yeah, I hope it is because I don't think artists should be getting taken advantage of for, you know, 50%, whatever the percentage might be of the work that, that you created. They just gonna have to, I don't think the label's gonna actually disappear, but they gonna have to change the structure of what they actually give an artist and what it is because it's totally different though because it's like, if I'm an artist, right, and say I grow up, I don't have no money, I grow up wanting a record deal all my life. But let's say I drop a video on YouTube, it does two million fucking streams, and then I do another two million streams on fucking Spotify. I'm selling verses for seven dollars, seven thousand dollars a verse. I'm doing shows, ten thousand a pop. Why would I sign a hundred thousand dollar record deal? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I got the gold platinum teeth already. I have the chain. <laughs> the show bought me the bins already. Nobody's not gonna sign for them, so these guys gonna be chasing them guys around all their life. But you still, I it's a but I, what I understand about record labels is like, I I understand the internet and the fame shit, but there is still a space for old school, the traditional route of also yeah. the music business too, also how like Kendrick and Cole move. So mm -hmm. it's I think it's still space for that, but it's just changed so much that we get more of the other than the other. Yeah. Do you have advice for young artists, how to come up, how to get noticed, whatever it may be? What do you think? Uh, your network. If I can tell anybody, if the thing you want to come up is uh, get your content together the most professional way you can. Don't cut no corners in your network. Your network. I hate to tell you, man. It's just like when you see a uh, when when you see a girl that you really really want to talk to, and you see her with that 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 ugly musty girl that you hated in class. You <laughs> damn near don't even want to talk to the bad bitch no more. You like whoa, that's your friend. You guilty by association. You feel okay. me? So trust your brand. 
don't let your brand mesh with everybody else. I know you want to be camaraderie, and I know it's good for people to tell you you're dope and just be around a good movement and a community of artists. But if they're not serious, they're not making no money, people are going to associate you to that immediately. Mm -hmm. But if you start rapping and the first time I see you, you're with Future, yeah. I'm gonna be like, yo, can I, can I, can you send me the link to the music? Like, <laughs> you feel me? I seen yeah. you with Future, yeah, you was in the studio with him. So I, and I, I know I'm just, I know that's higher, that's crazy ass parallels of uh, doing that, but still just keep, protect your brand, man, and, and just figure out what you want, put together a nice plan in the process and walk to it and don't really try to run to it because you only get one time to make a first impression. For sure. What's the key to growth on social media, just from me personally? Growth on social media? Uh, I would say what people kind of really forget, grassroots campaign. Yeah. You feel me? Grassroots campaign, uh, putting up bumper stickers with your fucking IG on them, passing out cards, and actually word of mouth, actually doing what you're doing now. You feel me? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And putting out content. So that's what I would say. Yeah, that's kind of what I want to do. Have a base of people like that I really like, mm -hmm. people that I know personally, mm -hmm. and you know, shit's gonna travel word of mouth that way. And if you're connecting with dope people, eventually, you know, this shit's gonna go around. Yeah, cream rise to the top for sure, for sure, bro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were talking. I think it was on the first episode, six degrees of separation, mm -hmm. which is. You know, you can connect everybody on the planet through six people. Wow. And then you narrow that down to the music industry, it's even smaller. It might not even be six people. Who Small. knows what the number is? There, bro. And like me, younger, on what I would have known now, like definitely I don't I don't regret anything though. I'm barely blessed. I thank God for everything I have. But to just um when I got out of college I probably would have just threw myself in the fire, like even more. I just went to L.A. and been broke, walked around, ate dollar burritos for a year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And really, really just because that network is really, really, you know, ain't nobody, ain't no record labels in Kansas City that's going to give you no advance. All of them in L.A. or New York. Mm -hmm. So you got to just think about it geography-wise. Like, how close are you? You need to be close to the check. If you're right. close to the check, you're going to get the check. For sure. You feel me? Because your homeboy might be, you know what I'm saying, say, versus L.A., you know, we here, right? And we might have a homeboy that work at UPS. But if we stayed in LA and built the actual network base in all LA, you might come up with a record and then you got hold on. I know the guy that works at Def Jam A and R. Yeah. I fucking hoop with him every day at the such and such. You know what I'm saying? I work with I've seen him at LA Fitness before. I introduced myself at the club. That right there is detrimental for a young artists. You feel me? That opportunities and what they say uh uh a rich man can afford to waste opportunities, but a poor man can't. So mm, I've never heard that. Determine, one. determine what you want to do. You want it that bad? Go throw your motherfucking self in the fire immediately. For sure. Let's end on that one, bro. It's about time we got to get you <laughs> out of here and get Trev out of here. And Thank you so much for doing this, man. Hey, great. man, I appreciate it. This is a dope conversation, man. For yeah. Real. Tell everybody where they can find you. Hey, yo, I'm Els810. You can look me up on Spotify, uh, Instagram, YouTube, anything. And yo, make sure y'all check out. I got a new album coming, man, real soon. I ain't go give no leaks or nothing, but just just tap in, you know, and go check out Deeper. If you ain't never check out Deeper, we about at 500,000 streams, you know. Check us out, and we good, man, and I appreciate this, bro. Yep, appreciate you. Hell Episode yeah. three in the books. Thanks for watching, guys. Gang, gang.